From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Ben Birkenbein. And I'm Joey Lovato. And Joey, let me just let me just start this off by saying <laughs> Joseph Lovato. Russell's my middle name. I'm not going there. Okay. You have done it, sir. Yeah? You have done it. What have I done? You have given me a recommendation that I was super skeptical about, but it was glorious. It was it's so good. It's so good. So to set the stage, see what I did there? Hey. Puns. We are talking about rock docs rock today. Rock docs. Rock and roll documentaries. <laughs> rock and roll documentaries. <laughs> documentaries about music, specifically rock and roll. Yes. And wow. I was, I just didn't. So you, re, why don't you tell the people okay. what you recommended to me? I recommended Mistaken for Strangers, which is a rock talk about The National, one of my favorite bands. Yeah, so the but band But it's not really the about National. the band. <laughs> right, which is why it was good. Yeah. Quite frankly. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and I recommended to you, I re- recommended Anvil, the story of Anvil. <laughs> which is <laughs> a really funny title. Uh, so I want to I want to start. You want to start? I okay. want to start yeah, because yeah. here's here's what I was thinking. You have uh, expressed to me your admiration for the band The National for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I also, when they started getting really big critical praise, I think it was like when Boxer came out, sure, they like yeah. skyrocketed. They're like, oh, best album of the year. So I got that album. Um, it was good. Sort of a subdued They're chill. kind of vocals like... You know, by <laughs> yourself a little while. Yeah, we'll have a flame. <laughs> fake empire. Fake empire. You know, I got that one right. Of my favorite. Or song. like, you get mistaken for strangers by your own friends. Yep. You know, oh, you're passing your by <laughs> and all those. So I could. I, I, I feel like I kind of sound like the when national I'm dri- singer. Yeah, sure. I feel like I could pull it off. So I, I will say this. When I'm like driving and I want to be awake, I don't I don't listen to the national. The national is something I listen to like when I'm trying to like chill out. They have some some of their songs build, but it doesn't. You know. Yeah, they're they're sleepy. They're, they're, they're a little sleepy. They're a little sleepy. Yeah. Uh, but here's okay. So, so you're not like a big national fan. That's fine. Not a huge national fan. That's okay. But here's the thing that I have. Here are the uh, uh, emotions or the 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 associations that I have with the national. Mm-hmm. Pretension. Yes. They're very pretentious. Indie rock. Yeah. Art snobs. Um full of themselves. Uh you know, I just I just have this That's what you have. perception. Yeah, sure. Okay. That's fair. And I was thinking, great, Joey's gonna show me this documentary about the national. I know you were very and it's apprehensive be to watch it. <laughs> like, oh great, I'm gonna watch them like just indulge in how good their band is and how great their live shows are and how amazing and and meaningful and deep their music is and how people are just so affected. It wasn't any of that. No. And that's why it was good. It's great. That's why it is great. It is great because it's not about the national. It's not about the national. So I will officially hereby on this podcast give a, a, I will wholeheartedly amplify (laughs) your recommendation and say it's worth the only like hour and 15 minutes that it is. Short, yeah. Short documentary. So was Anvil. Anvil's also like an hour and 15. Yeah, really good. So should we set the stage for Mistaken for Strangers a little bit? Yeah, 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 set the stage. So here's what happens. More rock puns. It starts off like that, right? It starts off like, oh, the national to critical acclaim, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then the lead singer, uh, uh, not Tom, but Matt, 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 is asked one time like, oh, well, the national... um, the, like the you're a band of brothers. A band of brothers because the what the two guitarists are brothers or I believe yes I believe so. 
I think it's the two guitarists and then like the drummer and the bassist are brothers. Mm-hmm. And then there's the lead guy. And he doesn't play any instruments. He just sings. He just sings. So the lead singer is only the lead singer, Matt. But then uh, an interviewer asks him like, what is your, but you have a brother. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I, yeah, I do. And he's like, what does your brother think about the band? And he sort of like gets taken aback by the question a little bit. And he's like, thinks about it for a second. And he's like, I don't think he thinks much about the band. He's a metalhead. So I don't, I think he probably thinks we're lame and pretentious. Yep. You know? <laughs> and then cut to Tom. Tom. His brother. His brother, a metalhead living in Ohio. With his parents. With still his parents. At like 35. Oh, man. <laughs> And then, uh, so the whole documentary is basically that now his brother, uh, Tom, has been asked to come on tour as like a roadie yeah. to do work on basically, the Nationals. Like, Matt, world Matt is tour. like helping his brother out. Yeah. He's like giving his bro- brother like a. Like, come on tour. You can like make your movie, make a movie about us. We'll give you access. Because his know. brother is also an aspiring documentary maker. Yes. He made like a bunch of like really bad horror films in like the 90s. Which stuff. you get a chance to see some of the footage, oh, they're so and good. they're glorious also. Yeah. Uh, so I had this moment, I had this moment where I was thinking like, wait, I didn't look up anything about this movie because I just assumed I knew what it would be like. And then I'm like, is this real? Like, I feel like this is just like a story for the sake of story, but no, it's, it's legit. Yeah. This is actually his brother who's a metalhead. And he actually made the documentary. And he actually made a documentary. And it's terrible. (laughs) But like, it's not, it's, it's great, but it's terrible. Like it's, it's, man, it's so good. But like the first time he tries to make it, it's a, it's bad. He doesn't do a good job. He's not a good documentary maker. It's it's like a He gets fired mid-tour. It, it's a comedy of errors. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And you it's just watch these two brothers and their relationship, like what their relationship is like, and then, you know, they talk to the parents is like, "Oh yeah, well your bro- your brother, the lead singer for the National has always been like a rock star." Yeah, he played baseball. Like, played baseball was like the, you know, prom king or whatever yeah. and like he's just like uh, you know, he he's very easy to raise, yeah. you know, whereas like you, metalhead son, were not easy to raise. <laughs> and then, but their parents were so sweet. They're so good. And uh, so her, his, their mother apparently is an artist, mm-hmm. right? And then his the only shot we get of the dad is like woodworking in a wood shop. Yeah, so it I seems think like he's like a I, I don't know what he does. I forget. But so <laughs> I, don't, I guess I don't know where else to start with. There's just so many endearing moments. It, it, it really is a documentary about an underachieving brother just looking up to his older brother and wanting to be like him. A lovable loser. Yeah. Oh, he's so lovable. So, Tom he, is like the and best. And he's a metalhead. Yeah, he's And great. so he's listening he to like, like super long hair. He's listening to like Rob Halford's Christmas album. <laughs> like Halford from, well, from Judas Priest. One of the best scenes too is like, so the band is like older by the time they make this documentary. They're all in their like 40s. They're all married and stuff. And then the brother Tom is like, oh, you guys want to go out and party and like do drugs and drink? And they're like, no, we're going to go back to our trailer and sleep because we have to go to another show. <laughs> like they're all like just like they don't want to go party and do drugs and drink. And they're constantly and actually they're they're kind of constantly or at least his brother, the lead singer for the national, uh, Matt, is constantly reminding his brother to stop drinking. He's like, you have the you have the allergy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have an and allergy. You have the allergy. The allergy is once you start drinking, you can't stop. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I have an allergy. What do you mean? He's like. Uh, how many people here have ever gotten uh, stumbled down, pass out drunk in a gazebo and knocked over a rack of chips? <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine, I did that. <laughs> well, and I think the best part, too, is every time that Tom, the, the younger brother, is trying to interview another band member, he just yeah. brings up Matt. 
his yeah, older brother. It's, it's and then, all about yeah. And then all the bandmates are like, "Is this documentary about the band or is it about your brother?" <laughs> yeah, and ridiculous questions like, like "Oh my god, horrible He's interview like, hey, questions." What's the, how fast can you play the guitar? <laughs> like, what 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 kind of nightmares do you have on tour? <laughs> Do you have any crazy stories? Or you like did like cocaine and like slept with like five people, and they're like, no. It was like, how many drugs have you done? How many? Yeah, and, how many drugs like, have you done? Um, I don't know. He's like, he's like, I'm not quite sure how to answer that question. It's just, it's really, and then, it really isn't a documentary about the band. And then I'm just gonna bring up one other uh, moment. This is a little, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but it's in the. I just really, this is so great. And this, like, this is in the interview where uh, Tom, the metalhead brother, is interviewing his own mother. Because yeah. he's been fired from the tour. At this point, yeah. <laughs> uh, about being a child and like how it was to raise Matt versus how it was to raise him and there with his mother in her artist's studio. Yeah. And then she's like, but I've always said, you know, you were the best artist. And then it pans up. He pans up. She's like, come over here. I want you to look at this. This is some artwork that Matt did as a child next to some artwork that you did as a child. And like Matt's artwork is like this abstract, like Jean Miro kind of like, like it looks like a masterpiece. You know what I mean? Next to it is this three part kind of comic strip. Uh, of, it's like a barbarian. It's, it's it's like it's like. So tell me about this guy. What's he doing? And it's a guy like sitting by a uh, a lake next to a tree that's shaped like a leg, and he's carving wood. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's making a leg. And then it cut to the next scene, and it's a guy like with a leg on his dinner plate. He's like, he's eating a leg. And then what's he doing in the third one? Well, there he's just dreaming of of having legs. <laughs> It's so hilarious. It, and it's like really bad. It's like not well, good. It is good, but it's, it's like it's yeah. like Robert Crumb, like R. Crumb kind of like like really gross. Sort of, you know, detailed, but also just yeah, like really kind of uh detailed, like, you know, severed limbs and stuff. And then it just I it just felt like that encapsulated a lot of the yeah. the movie. Go watch it. It's it's a great documentary. Yeah. Mistaken for strangers, so not what you think it is. Yeah. Uh, which I think is why it's so good. Yeah. Um, Anvil. So, okay. Let's talk about more talk gl- about glorious amazingness and, and metal. So, Anvil. I have actually seen Anvil before, but it was a long time ago. I didn't remember it that well. So, I rewatched it. Um, fell in love with it again. Um, and the thing about Anvil is that it really feels like a mockumentary. Really, like it. Like, really, really, I had to look it up like three times just to confirm. Like, are you sure this is not fake? I it's mean, also so sweet though. It's, it's so, so full good. of heart. Like it's the so last, good. the I'm like, I teared up a little bit at the end. I was like, Man. oh, like they finally they get to play. Like, like so. Anvil, for those who don't know, was like a big influential metal band in the '80s or in the '70s. 70s and 80s. Yeah, 70s and like, 80s. I don't even, I can't remember. It was yeah. probably late 70s, like early 80s. Yeah, they played with Twisted Sister and Black Sabbath. So, so and... the documentary opened. Let me just, like, how does the documentary open? You remember? Like, it's like I'm, I'm all talking... these, it's yeah. like all these other huge stars, yeah. like huge metal stars, like. Talking about this band. Know. I mean, it's like Metallica is there, and like Megadeth is Slash there. Slash is talking. Slash from from Guns N' Roses is yeah. there, like talking about like, oh, everybody wanted to be Anvil. Yeah, everyone's like, they're great. Like they were super influential. They're like, if we we had to be better than like, they're so good. And then that cuts to it cuts, that cut, that cuts, cuts to, to scenes of like them playing live with like just huge dildos on or yeah, something like, on like, stage. And they have like they're like in like uh, uh like bondage stuff. And they're like they're just yeah. going crazy. Like they got like, the long hair, head banging. Just screaming into the mic, they're like, they're like, there's this huge audience, and then the scene after that, it cuts to the lead singer like forty years, thirty years later, 
and he's in like a small town in Saskatchewan, Canada, and he works at like a food delivery service for school lunches, and it's like snowing outside. <laughs> and he's so like, weird. and then it's like, yeah, things didn't really go well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so good. It's like the re- you know, it, let's put it this way, dear listener. Uh, if you have seen the movie This Is Spinal Tap. Yeah, it's like the real <laughs> This Is Spinal Tap. You probably thought that was a funny documentary. If you saw it, I think you probably appreciated how funny it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know many people that have seen Spinal Tap and been like, that's a horrible movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, if you appreciated Spinal Tap, just like translate that into like real life. It's like a real life This Is Spinal Tap, really. It is. They're the real Spinal Tap. Yeah, and but, uh, here's the thing is like... <clears throat> They don't even play that much of their music in the movie. Like, you get to hear it, and it's, like, fun. It's It sounds like, you know, metal. And 80s metal. It sounds like 80s metal. Yeah. But kind of they, British they just, invasion. they want to have a shot so bad, and they really do care. And I think that that's what makes the movie, like, from, like, ha-ha, look at these guys, to, like, wow. Like, I can... They've been playing together for 30 years, and they have never <laughs> seen success other than that one big show in, like, Japan, I think. Like, they, yeah, very, they had one big show, I think. Yeah, yeah like, one or right. two. But they, like... In the beginning of the movie, too, he's like, they go play a different show in Europe, which goes horribly wrong. Like, their whole European tour, like, just, like, goes off the rails. Well, like, they, they miss trains, and they don't get paid. And If I remember correctly, like, that's what this, so the documentary kind of fo- refocuses on the, it's not, like, quite a reunion tour. It's just, like, a tour. It's, like, another shot. There was another never, shot there, to get. There was never a reunion because they never broke up. They've been playing right. together. Right. So, it, but it's, like, they're, they're trying to, like, make it again. Yeah. You know, they're trying to, like, bank on the fact that, you know, they live on in some like lore of metal, mm-hmm. but they never really made it. So they're trying to like hit, they're trying to get their big chance, you know? And trying they to go to discovered. bars with like 10 people in them <laughs> in like Lith- Lithuania. It's awesome. But they, they, they really like, I think they pour their heart and soul into their music. I think watching their kind of like when they interview their family, they have a chance at the end of the movie to record an album but mm-hmm. they don't have the money to do it because they're all like really like the one guy's like homeless. I'm pretty sure like the bass player like lives in a garage, um, and then like the other part is like the main the guy the the lead singer's name his nickname is Lips. Um, mm. what's his his full his real name is Steve Cold Coldlow, and Rob mm. Reiner is the drummer, <laughs> which is funny. Oh yeah, not not that Rob Reiner. Yeah, but <laughs> um, but so yeah, his his siblings are all like successful business people. They're all Jewish. And like, like mm. they, I think their father was in Auschwitz. Like, they talk about it. Oh yeah, yeah I his father was that, in yeah. Auschwitz, and like, and like, they're all like these very successful, very proper, like family. Like, they're all celebrating Hanukkah, and then here comes like their metalhead brother, <laughs> and like, he's just like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" <laughs> and they're like, and they, and, but they care about him so much. Oh man! And the sister ends up, his older sister ends up like putting up the ten thousand yeah, yeah, dollars, yeah. so that they can record the album. Is there like a Brenda or something? Is Maybe. Brenda one of the? I'm trying. There's so many good characters. There's so many, like they're real people, but like they're they're good characters in terms of like they have good character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like good characters in that movie. Their manager, like at the beginning of the movie, is like this like Austrian girl who like doesn't speak great English, That's and she's right. like, I do not know. She's like, we're going to go to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a terrible accent, but like we have like we have to go to Budapest and play this show. And then, like, it, it always just cuts to, like, every show they're playing, it just cuts to, like, people yelling and then her crying. <laughs> That's right. It's yeah, like, yeah. what? Like something's gone horribly wrong. Um, oh, or they're man. like, we're, we're playing at 10 a.m.? 
What? Oh, that's right, because they play like a festival or something. Yeah. Like, this is going to be huge. So many people there. It's like a big metal fest. And they like open the show at 10 a.m. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's like 20 people there. There's 170 people. And they're like, woo. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's it's really fun. It's really good. Um, it it's it mainly focuses on the the two main guys who have been in the band the longest. The other two guys joined yeah. in the night like ninety five. Um, but yeah, Rob Reiner and uh, Steve Kudlow mm-hmm. uh, are the are the two main guys, and they there's a lot of fighting in the movie between the two of them too. But then they always yeah. like come together and like you're my brother, man, and it's like really sweet. So, uh, yes, and this is where I think. Um, do you want to launch into some more general discussion of, sure, yeah. of rockumentaries? Yeah. Because I feel like rockumentaries. You mean rock docs? I've also heard rockumentary. Right? I, I'm, I'm no. just rockumentary. <laughs> okay, well, fine. Whatever, <laughs> whatever portmanteau you want to use, sure. um, that's fine. Uh, but I think you know this also reminds me of another rock doc, which is the some kind of monster, the Metallica documentary. Yeah. Did you okay. ever see this? Uh, it was like it was the next recommended thing after I finished Anvil. Of course, because. It's also that kind of like drama between yeah. members of the band. Well, Metallica is notorious for hating each other. And it's just it but it's just ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh and I would say that that is also a, a good I mean I know we're we're really like we're in a we're in an unwitting heavy metal theme so far on the on the sure, documentaries yeah. but like uh some kind of monster is also great because it gives you that glimpse into all the chaos and the ego and stuff that goes into a band. Yeah. And much like you said with Anvil, like uh, in the end, you know they 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 still they still share that kind of brotherhood of of the band or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, whereas in Metallica, it just seems toxic like the whole time. Like they're they're playing like each other's like uh, 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 therapists off of one another at some point. Like it's just really an interesting. Well, uh, yeah, and I I I don't know where I heard this. It must have been like my dad was telling me, but like Metallica is just notorious for like they all hate each other. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no bueno. What I think is really interesting about rock docs, if you want to talk about it as a genre, well, one, I guess we can just say like documentaries about music, right? Sure. Like specifically bands. Sure. Is that for me at least when I listen to a band, I don't, I kind of disassociate the people that are in the band with the music. So, like for example, you know, like I listen to the National, I don't like think about like you know, Matt or the other, like, or his brother or anyone. But then, like, you watch the documentary and it really humanizes musicians, I think, in a way that, like, you're like, oh, I thought they were just partying and drinking all the time. But, like, oh, no, these guys just have families and want to go to bed and call their wives. <laughs> sure. Um, I think every band is different. And I think, you know, there are definitely rock bands and rock docs that are about, like, that lifestyle, right? That, that rock and roll lifestyle. But I think that it's really, it's good to see, like... It, it, I don't know. It humanizes them, and it's hard to like relate because they are like super. Like a lot of times, when you look at it, when you watch a rock doc, they're superstars. Like these guys have huge egos, and they're it's a they're they're used to things being given to them, and they're used to like this like very very like uh, debaucherous lifestyle. But I think that rock docs, while it shows that, I think you maybe that's kind of a misnomer. Well, I think we can also uh, kind of separate out like a. Like an independently produced documentary, whether like just by some third party, you know, that's not a member of the band or sure. whatever, or not not even necessarily commissioned by the band, because like what you're talking about reminds me also of just like um, like tour videos. Oh yeah. Where okay. like the band makes this thing is like, oh, this was the greatest tour, and then fans who were at the show can yeah. go back and be like, that was a great tour, and they just kind of glorify it's all. They just show live footage of songs, mm-hmm. or even a single performance. You know what I mean? Um, not quite a documentary. 
right? It's more of just like a live concert video. With like know? some behind the scenes. Souped stuff. up, yeah, like behind the scenes kind of kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that also brings up the distinction between like different types of document like rock docs. Yeah. Some of them focus on the band and it sort of humanizes them or focuses on their interpersonal relationships or the creative process and that kind of stuff. Others, um, for example, like Mistaken for Strangers. And Anvil, really. And it, Anvil, well. Anvil focuses on the band, but it really focuses on the relationship between the drummer and the and the lead singer. A yeah. lot. Well, that, that I think that's also like the kind of, you know, the, the, the circuit that holds everything together. Sure. You know, like those guys have this really good relationship, but then yeah. like all around them in their lives, they have these really good relationships. Yeah. They're, they're also, oh, by the way, they're from Canada and they're very Canadian. I yes. forgot to mention that. They're just like they're like yeah. the nicest guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody's super polite, really nice, but they have like kind people. Like they're interesting uh characters in their lives. Yeah. Um but then there's also like for example, like would you consider did you ever see um uh Stop Making Sense, the no. Talking Heads? Uh so it's produced by Jonathan Demi and he made it like a concert video, but it was actually this kind of like bigger performance piece, mm-hmm. right? Where it just starts off with David Byrne and a little drum machine and his acoustic guitar singing Psycho Killer. And then, like, pieces are added to the stage. Oh, and okay. it, it just ends up being this big... Performance. Performance, right? It's And it's a live... You know, some people would consider that to be a rock documentary, or it's at least a rock film, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it's really interesting because it's just the band performing. But I will say that that, that movie kind of was responsible for getting me into the talking heads okay like i'd heard the talking heads before right you you, you know they're kind of the, the hits yeah. right and all that stuff but i didn't really quite there was something about stop making sense that that put together a lot of pieces of the kind of cultural significance of that band and it just did it for me i was like that's the one like i'm gonna go listen to more talking heads i appreciated them more I appreciated what they were doing musically and lyrically a lot more after that that movie. Have yeah. you ever had that experience? Well, see, the thing is, I actually don't watch like a lot of. Um, when I watch a documentary, usually rock docs are not the ones I go to. Um, I'm just. It's funny because like I do love Mistaken for Strangers and I do really love Anvil. Um, it's just not something that I normally seek out. Although like these these kind of documentaries, Anvil and Mistaken for Strangers, are the ones that kind of would encourage me to go find them some more. But usually when I'm looking for a documentary, I'm looking for um, something newsy, usually. I, I you know, because I'm just so involved in the news normally. Just you, you say newsy? Newsy. Like <laughs> having news value? Yeah, well, I guess like if I've heard about something in the news and I want to like learn more about it. Um, the Square, about the Egyptian uprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, s- stuff like that is what I would seek out more often than not. How about like historical significance? Sure, yeah. I mean, I've been watching Ken Burns' uh, Vietnam. Sure. Okay. Well, then you might appreciate. Then here's a sort of another subtle recommendation. Um, uh, oh gosh. Oh. Oh gosh. What's the name of it? It's the Rolling Stones documentary uh, of their 1969 tour. It might be called "Gimme Shelter." Okay. <laughs> you have very wide eyes. Oh right man, now. I, that's that's kind of embarrassing. But yes, I believe it's called "Gimme Shelter." Okay. And what it does is it follows the Rolling Stones on their tour in 1969. But what, of course, what happens there is it sort of culminates into into Altamont when the oh, Hell's wow. Angels end up like running security at the show. And they end up killing someone yeah. at the show, and they that some people say that that moment was the sort of end of 
Summer of Love, the 60s, it just bookended that because it was these two different factions like coming together in a live concert and just chaos ensuing. And it just kind of ushered out the 60s and that whole kind of like all the student protest movements of the 19 of in 1968 you had of course uh robert f kennedy was assassinated martin luther king was assassinated all this stuff was happening like at that time and then altamont happens uh at the rolling stones show why is it called altamont that's the that's the the, the yeah that's the venue okay yeah yeah, yeah. i was never sure that's the venue (laughs) in california but they they, you know they got the hell's angel they do a really good job actually that documentary does a really good job of just just kind of framing that whole moment and like it's a snapshot in time. Yeah, really good. Well, yeah, and see, and then again, rock docs are really interesting because they can. Yes, I guess like the f- central focus is music in some regard, but it's almost never about the music. It's it's about like, and you can look at it like there are documentaries about uh, the Temple Grandin documentary is a great documentary. Never seen it. It's really good. Um, I don't know what it's called. But the Temple. I don't, I don't know the Temple Grandin documentary. Um, but. That's about a person. Then you look at Ken Burns Vietnam. It's about an event that happened. And then you can and, and you look at rock docs and it's kind of the same thing. Like you can watch a rock talk about the people in the band, or you can watch the rock docs about like how, their influence on the culture or like this snapshot in time. It, it kind of rock documentaries are just a foil for like an, for infinite genres of documentaries that we have, and and they're all just kind of put through like well, there's a band and they went through a thing. Yeah, that's um. Yes. <laughs> and I will I was just trying to think of like um so by the way I just confirmed Gimme Shelter is the name of oh, okay, the, yeah. the the documentary. Um but see like so there's all that like how those that band influenced the culture. There's also the like the retrospective stuff, sure, yeah. right? Like for example, um they uncovered uh this band called Death, right? Who was this yeah, band I have of brothers, seen this. The band which of, is great. The, and, the band of Death. They're... Yeah. Yeah, and I'm forgetting what the documentary was called. It might just be called A Band Called Death. A Band Called Death, yeah. Uh, they were like young black teenagers. In Detroit. In Detroit. Or, or, yeah. In the, what? The 70s. The 70s? M- yeah, like early, like mid-70s. Playing so, metal. Playing punk rock. Or punk rock, I'm sorry, not metal. Yeah. yeah. We've been talking about metal too much. Yeah. Playing punk rock, you're right, yeah. Playing punk rock. And actually, they what they did is they found these their original tape, which would have been released prior to any like at the same time that like the new york dolls were there so like when people look at the history of punk rock they often you know look to like the ramones and the sex pistols but that Mm -hmm. was like 77 76 these guys were way ahead of their time way ahead of their time and the music still holds up like today it's so good i i I totally forgot i watched this yeah yeah no it's a really interesting documentary too because they were young they were they were young young. yep and uh like all the neighbors were just like all those like you know weird kids kids making noise you know so cool. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think you can also um, another another rock doc that I actually have seen that I forgot. I oh, is it called Motion City? It's the Foo Fighters hmm. documentary, and and it's it's kind of about this like famous studio where a bunch of people recorded. It's not really about the Foo Fighters, but I believe Dave Grohl owns it now. Dave Grohl, the leading member of the Foo Fighters, and he was also in um, uh, Nirvana. Nirvana. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Okay. We yeah. all have to. We have yeah, brain farts. There was like this joke in the Seattle episode of uh, Hidden America, which is just like, oh, Dave Grohl, right? Yeah, didn't, uh, oh, and they're like, somebody mentioned Kurt Cobain. He's like, oh, yeah, he was in Dave Grohl's first band, right? <laughs> For those of you who uh, don't know what Hidden America is, it's a show that Ben's been watching recently. It's kind of yeah, a it's funny. kind of a joke travel show. Yeah, it's like a spoof on uh, parts on Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. Yeah. It just goes around. So Jonah Ray, the co- comedian, also new host of Mystery Science Theater 3000. 
uh, he goes to different cities and then just like kind of talks um, about them, roasts them in a certain way through satire, but also it's like very endearing to the city. As yeah, well. so nice. Yeah, but um, yeah, mo- uh, motion. I believe it's called Motion City. There's a whole episode like about just the soundboard and how like this one mm. soundboard is like what makes people sound good. Ooh, wow! Soundboard, you're giving me another thing here. Yeah. Tom Dowd and the Language of Music. Okay. Great, great movie. Yeah. You're gonna want to see that. Okay. So this Tom Dowd was like a, I think he was an engineer, sure. sound engineer, but he like recorded and engineered all these amazing, like all the great songs, all the classic songs. It seems like Tom Dowd had a hand in making it. Okay. They look at his life and like all the artists that he's sort of helped, how people have responded to his feedback on their music, like how to do this, how to do this, how to work this into the mix. Really good stuff, uh, including the Rolling Stones, Gimme Shelter, by the way. Okay. He was there, but also like Stax Records, like some of the old like soul and R&B stuff from oh, wow. the 60s. Interesting thing about him though, was that he also worked, he was one of the scientists on the Manhattan Project. What? <laughs> Yeah, like this guy has a crazy <laughs> life. Um, wow! And so then he just like went into music. He used his technical expertise and brought it to music, and it's it's an incredible, incredible, incredible documentary. Yeah, that's super interesting. Uh, uh, our soundboard, it makes us sound good, but I don't think it's going to do as good of a job as uh, Tom Dowd or the Motion City soundboard. Well, I mean, we're this is pretty deluxe audio mixing oh, we got yeah, going right. on here. <laughs> here, uh, here at the here at the. You're around school of journalism. That's right. Uh, I was going to mention another one too. Like I just had all these like rock docs like uh, that I was going to spin off in my head. Sure. Um, but I've also just I'm kind of going to the ones that I've watched recently. Have you watched anything else recently? Because oftentimes I'll sometimes I'll default like I just want to see what's up with that band or I want to. Yeah. I, um. I. It's funny. I. I. I really like watching. Um. Like short. I, I like listening to radio interviews with bands a lot. Um. And like sh- like. Okay. Specifically ones on NPR because. That's like kind of my life a little bit. Sure. So like the Tiny Desk concerts are like kind of you watch a Tiny Desk concert and they kind of they have some banter with the crowd or whatever. But then yeah. listening to um oh I can't remember the station's call number but it, it's it's the one in Boston has they have a music show. Okay. Um and the host interviewed this this girl um I don't know her real name but her her like her band or her performer name is Lady Lamb. Okay. Um, and it's a really, really, really fun, interesting interview where he kind of talks to her about her music. She's very, in, in, she's very indie darling, kind of that like, if you've heard the band Lord, I feel like every indie female voice tries to sound like her in some way. Uh, Lady Lamb, a little bit like that. But she, I really enjoy her. I think she's very, also very calming. Um, but her, the interview is really fun because they have someone call in to ask a question and the person that calls in is actually like from a smaller band that she played with a long time ago. Hmm. And she like she was like, "Oh my god, you guys are great. Like you're like one of the reasons I'm doing music." And they're like, "We don't we've never seen like success and you're like very successful." Huh. And like it's live and it's really fun and interesting. And she's like, "Everyone needs to go listen to this band. Like mm. they're amazing and they're great." Um they're like a bluegrass band. And it was really cool. It was a really cool moment. Um so I love listening to like radio interviews like that, one-on-ones. Um, kind of like the BBC style, I guess, too, is another way to put it. Um, sure. But I, I really enjoy listening to stuff like that. Uh, another another person I've listened to is um, the lead singer for Car Seat Headrest, because oh, yeah, I really yeah. like Car yep. Seat Headrest. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and just like him talking about like why he started the band and like why they're called Car Seat Headrest is because he liked playing in his car um, because it, he felt more comfortable playing there than playing in front of people. 
playing was, like just playing as a kid or they would playing they would record music in their car. he would record oh, his, okay. he'd record his music in his car yeah okay as like a well he's like 22 so well, there's something very you know singing in the car right? yeah and, so it makes sense um but yeah i i uh i love like learning small tidbits about bands but i feel like when i get, get a documentary it's kind of like all right strap in you're gonna learn about this band and it, 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 they're hard for me to really get into it's not something i usually seek out okay interesting yeah, like I've I've been watching uh, more of so for example there was a there's one on Netflix which is the um, uh, Keith Richards uh, documentary, which okay. is the you know the guitarist for the Rolling Stones. Yeah, uh, but he's like kind of notorious for just you know drinking, doing drugs, and yep. all this kind of stuff. But it's just him hanging out in Chicago talking about all the blues musicians that mm. he was trying to emulate and like thought was the coolest stuff ever. Yeah. Um, and it's just like him shooting pool and drinking and, oh. you know, doing that kind of stuff and also trying to record a new album. That was okay. Um, there was some interesting like little anecdotes that he had, just like little, you know, little stories from Rolling Stones kind of stuff. Yeah, um, learning about those, like those, those little stories are really fun, I think, to get. Because then it, it kind of, I think it makes their music a little bit. It helps you relate to their music a little bit more when you, if you see where they're coming from. Yeah, but it also it it just kind of reminds you a little bit of like little stories that you know you have, or like when if you were at a place, you know, and you saw a certain person. Like we all kind of at least people who appreciate music, they have those stories, and we we've talked about music before too on the on the podcast. But like, there's something about the shared experience of music. I mean, aside from just the live show, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I was there and I saw this band, but like, you know, something else happened right or some little side conversation you had with somebody that just kind of sticks with you you know like all that kind of intermingling of people who share at least one common interest Mm and seeing the band who's playing um that's actually a really that can those can be very meaningful and then when you hear about it from the band's perspective like oh when i was in chicago or like the first time i saw you know uh bb king play and it's just like oh yeah tell me more about bb king like what was your interaction with him what was your life like you know what was your experience with that guy well and so actually something that i wanted to bring up is that um uh, it's not it's not a documentary but i i saw buddy guy live yeah um which is super cool i was i'm really excited that i had the opportunity to see him live but um he talked a lot in his show in between songs he he's like he's gotta be like 90 i think he's old um but he there was a lot of talking in his show and it was really interesting because he talked about kind of the history of blues and like you know he would he would play he'd play a, like five long years or something and then he he would he'd stop and he'd be like you know like back when i started uh and i i knew bb king i knew muddy waters you know i yeah. I, I worked with these guys and he's like these guys were influenced by people that died dirt poor Just totally homeless. poor he's like that's where music comes from he's like you don't yep. understand like and it was, and he told these really powerful stories in between songs that, and then he would go into the song, and it was just, it was really fascinating because I feel like I was almost watching more of a TED talk than a concert. I mean, sure. he, there was a lot of music. Don't get me wrong; like he played a lot of music. It was almost like a musical TED talk. Or but he talked about kind of the origin of blues and and, and yeah. kind of the under like what it means to like how important it is to the black community and and everything and and where its origins come from and why. It's evolved, like how it's evolved and where music is going now. And he says, you know, like, even though maybe I don't necessarily listen to rap and it's not like he goes, you have to understand, like, it comes from like the the place of this and this. And it's the the building. And I think the significance of the stuff that he said needs to be heard by more people. And I wish that that concert was like recorded or something so that people could hear him talk about it. Yeah. 
Well, it sounds like, I mean, if he's giving almost like a kind of... A if, lecture. If, 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 well, if that thread runs throughout his performance, I just wonder if there's like a book yeah. in the works or something. Or love... maybe there is a book already. I don't yeah. know. I haven't looked. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of stuff. That's actually one of the things I miss about teaching... I used to teach a, a more general class in media and society mm-hmm. that actually you took. Yep. So I gave a lecture on the on rock and roll. Yeah. And I that. Um, you know the blues. My, my first and, class in college. Yeah, and it was uh, I I missed that because I I also really love that music. So yeah, for those of you that don't know, for example, like look up Willie Dixon, right? Yeah. Wrote basically a lot of Led Zeppelin songs, but mm-hmm. you've never heard of him. <laughs> um, the other you know speaking of this too, in like these kind of. Uh, relatively unknown figures, because I also get into that. Yeah. Um, there are some documentaries that provide glimpses of, of either short-lived lives, yeah. but people that were like really influential in music, mm-hmm. um, or, for example, like some sort of novelty being found in, for example, what was the um, uh, the guy who got really big in South Africa? Um, I don't know. Do you remember this one? No. What? Uh, oh gosh. Oh gosh, it's gonna bother me. <laughs> but before that, that'll come to me. Okay. It's almost coming to me ben, right Ben's now. Got his face it's on. almost coming to me right now. This is the the danger of live podcasting. Live is that a thing? Podcasting. Not, I mean, not, we're we, we're not simulcasting of this, but okay, it's not live. When you're listening, this isn't gonna be live. But edit my indecision out. Make this thing sound totally like I know what I'm talking about. No. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but another one would be um, Towns Van Zant. Do you know Towns Van Zant? No. But no. Uh, no idea. Documentary about that guy. Uh, be here to love me. Okay. Uh, 2004 documentary, and it is amazing. What's it about? Towns Van Zant. Who's that? He is. <laughs> some people. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Um, uh-huh. You you will get the argument from some who know Towns Van Zandt's music and his songwriting, who would say that Towns Van Zandt is a better songwriter than Bob Dylan. Wow. Uh, in fact, perhaps one of the best singer-songwriters, but also died kind of young. But he had this really famous song called uh, Poncho and Lefty. Okay. Really beautiful song. Uh, we can maybe listen to it on the break, sure. too, uh, to do that. Man, it's like it's like... Yeah, so anyways. So uh, anything about Towns Van Zandt? Well, I you, you asked me about like I don't know who he is, so <laughs> come on, man. I know you have to. You need to. You need me to fill some time while you this look is, up the I documentary. Guess, I guess. I guess one of the one of the other problems is that um, uh, one of the other problems is like you don't listen to like a lot. Like you've talked about this, you don't listen to like a lot of music, so like you don't really seek out rock docs all yeah, that much. Yeah, yeah. Music is not like a big a big. I like music, and like I said, it's I, we talked about this on a couple episodes, like a, like a couple of a, a few episodes back, um, but. I've been playing music for a long time. Since I was, I think, 11, I've been playing guitar. It's Rodriguez. Rod- I was like, it's Martinez or Rodriguez, and I just didn't want to do that, but it is. It's Rodriguez. That's, and, the, uh, that's the, the documentary? Searching for Sugar Man. That's right, Sugar Man. Oh, I've heard of this. Yes, and then he was, he like went on, he's like been playing the festivals. I'm pretty sure he played like Coachella or sure, st- and okay. stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I've been, so I've been playing guitar for like 11, oh, more than that, years. Um, and... I don't know why, but like I guess I enjoy creating and playing music more than I enjoy listening to it, and I listen to more like podcasts and r- the radio. But you don't get any. Where do you draw your inspiration for songs? Um, you don't listen to other music. You just yeah, kinda, I guess I do listen to other music. I don't know. It you just kind of noodle, see what happens. Yeah, I just kind of noodle <laughs> and see what happens. I play a lot of like, uh, I, I do a lot of finger picking. So, okay. Uh, a lot of like rolls and stuff. You know. You'll appreciate Towns Van Zant. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. So well, it depends. I, on I don't understand who he is. Still, you still haven't explained to me like he. 
So Towns Van Zandt is a what uh, kind of music do you play? It's kind of country. I would say country, okay. but but you know, kind of bluesy stuff as well. Sure. But um, what what era? His songs are really well written. Oh, gosh, like I the mean, sixties. I don't even think it was that early. He may have started that early, but I doubt it. I okay. think it was more like seventies and maybe into the eighties. Okay. Um. Yeah. Don't quote me on that because it's been a long time since I've seen that documentary, and it'd be a, it's been a long time actually since I've listened to his music. I should listen to that today. Okay. Um. But yeah, so uh, just really good, and he was he was sort of one of those itinerant figures, just kind of traveling from town to town, just trying to sell his music, like playing live shows. Real interesting guy, just like one of those guys that's got, and I think that's what the documentary about him does really well. Just shows you sort of the this this life lived differently, you okay. know. Um, but in that and like how that could inform some of his songwriting. It's just a real interesting kind of perspective, kind of a. You know, somewhat slow-talking Texan kind of guy. I believe he's from Texas. <laughs> Anyways, um, but like good country music, not bad country music. It's hard to find good country music. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think I'm... <laughs> Hot we're, take. I, I really don't think we're going to be uh, alienating too much of our audience by saying that like... For example, I just saw the preview for the Country Music Awards coming up. Hey. And I was just like, oh, man, like all that's bad, you know? <laughs> Actually, the best country music right now is um, uh, – um, I'm blanking on names today. Yeah, you're having it's a rough so time. It's so bad. Meta Modern Sounds in Country Music. Well, yeah. who's that guy? No idea. Virgil something? I'm way off. The Angel? <laughs> Virgil oh, the man. Angel? It's not Virgil. Maybe it is. Um, anyways, talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna look this up. Uh, I think maybe we can go to break and we can let Ben look it up then, and we can also like listen to some music, uh, and then figure out what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah, you wanna do that? Uh, nope, because I want to look at. I'm almost there. He's I'm, almost there. He's googling everybody. I'm not there. He's, I'm not there. Come on, Ben, Google faster. Oh god. Google faster, Ben. Offloading cognition. I can't offload it fast enough. What is that even? What? I'm offloading cognition. You know, like I don't have it in my. Um, Sturgill, not Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill Simpson. Okay. Man. Rough Virgil time. Vogel, Vini Vidi Vici, Va Va Voom. Sure, man. It's a Mystery Science Theater reference. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> this is turning we, into I, a think it's, I think it's break time. I think it's break time. I now. just am trying to think if there's any other rock docs, but whatever. We'll let's just we take talk about some more after let's break. Let's take a break. All right. All right. We're back. And we're back. Ben is back on track. Back on track, at least <laughs> uh, in terms of hopefully remembering names a little bit better yeah, as sure. we go through this little uh, we, we, this little segment. So this is the emergent culture. Yeah, so emergent culture. So we did watch a couple trailers. But before that, actually, I did finally introduce uh, Joey to Towns Van Zant, yeah. Poncho and Lefty. The other thing I forgot to mention is that Towns Van Zant also covers the Rolling Stones' Dead Flowers song at the end of The Big Lebowski. Which is... Which would link back to, what, our second episode or whatever? Oh, yeah, Talking sure, about Coen yeah. Brothers episodes? Uh, so anyway, so other people may know him as that musician. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was really good. I actually really liked it. It was very nice, very melodic. Yeah, it's great. It's really nice, good songwriting, man. Yeah, check, it was. Check him out. Um, we also watched two trailers. Two trailers. One because, well, yeah. So, do you want to say uh, one was more of a, a classic kind of documentary rock doc? Yeah, glimpse <laughs> glimpse at um, the band Jawbreaker, which, which will is... be familiar to some of the people listening to this uh, podcast. 
Um, but the film is called Don't Back Down. Don't Break Down. Don't Break Down. Don't Back Down. Don't. It's probably the forthcoming Tom Petty documentary. That's what to say. <laughs> um, so anyways, Don't Break Down, the story of Jawbreaker or something. Yeah. Now, the, the interesting thing about that is because we were looking, we look, just looked up, you know, new music, music documentaries, documentaries. 2018. And this was listed and I thought, but they made that like back in 2007, they said. Yeah. Um, but now Jawbreaker is finally doing their reunion shows and they're yeah. doing a reunion tour. In fact, I've thought about trying to go see them, um, but it's going to be difficult. But anyways, I think because I think they're playing San Francisco. Oh, yeah. That's the closest they'll get to us. Mm. And I'm sure that that show is sold out already. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, it's the story of Jawbreaker. So, uh, if you don't know Jawbreaker, I would also recommend checking them out. Very influential punk band. Very influential punk band. Uh, everybody kind of expected them to get really big, but they resisted a lot of the major record labels who were interested in them. And ultimately it just kind of led to their demise, like conflict. And then they they broke up. And as a matter of fact, uh, so Blake Schwarzenbach went on to form Jets to Brazil after that, which is a band that, that I, you recommended in our music. One episode. of my first music recommendations for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other doc, uh, not documentary. Well, bio, the other biopic, mu- music biopic, which is something we did not touch on. Which we could. We could I mean, very walk quickly. Walk the line. Here. We could talk about. Yeah, exactly. We could talk about uh, 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 James Brown. Also, yeah. what was the? I forget the the biopic name uh, I don't know the name but of it. anyways yeah there's so oh, uh, inside Lewin Davis even well I guess Amy Amy was one about Amy, just Amy that Winehouse. was more of a documentary about Amy Winehouse um I have not seen that yeah. um but uh Bohemian Rhapsody Bohemian Rhapsody about yeah. Freddie Mercury yeah lead singer of Queen starring uh Remy Malik yeah he looked really good like very convincing I think and that movie looks good I think a lot of people are getting pretty excited about it yeah it looks fun um yeah it does it looks you know, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Like I'll probably see it for sure. Yeah, it looks like a like a blast. It looks like Queen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Queen's music is great, man. And um, you listen to Queen? Yeah, I listen to Queen. Yeah. Do you I think like Queen. I do. I like Queen. Um, I I say this. Uh, Queen and the Beatles are two bands that I feel like people like should have tried to copy, and that music should have been more prevalent. But the only thing you can hear is Queen and the Beatles, like when you hear their music. Like you can't that makes sense like they should have been a bigger they should have made like they should have been like the starters of a genre but they are their genre like it's just their band hmm. if that makes sense hmm. like no one sounds like the beatles and if they do no one's gonna listen to them they're just gonna listen to the beatles depends on which beatles you're talking about or the okay. beatles were very influential yeah, yeah and i yeah. do think that queen was also influential yeah, yeah. in certain ways but it's just difficult to replicate that yeah that's something that i, I don't know how i say because you know there are very few you know Paul McCartney's, John Lennon's, George that's, Harrison's. That's true. That's There's true. very few Freddie Mercury's out there. But like the way there. that their music sounds, you think that people would try and like emulate it the way that people try and emulate like other bands and they make it but, big. But there's interesting, that's an interesting comment because like I could play, I mean, there's, I mean, uh, you know, if you've really, like there, there's so much variety, I think, in the Beatles music sure. that yeah, you that's can true. certainly find other bands that tried to do that. Or it's like, you know, the Beatles started hardcore music. <laughs> Like, okay. yeah, go listen to Helter Skelter. Like, okay. Tell me that's not a hardcore song. That is absolutely a hardcore song. Um, so anyway, next week. Yeah, okay, <laughs> fine, fine. <laughs> I was trying to make a hot take there on the Helter Skelter hardcore, but seriously, uh, you go listen to that. All right, I will check then it I'm out. I'm done. All right. um, but yeah, so next, next week. Next week is a big departure from what we normally do. I know we always kind of say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but we're still, you know, we're still mapping out territory. I think it's still highly relevant topic we've chosen for next next week. Yeah, I think well, not only relevant but also um, 
it's not something that you would think of as like what we'd normally cover. But we're talking about sports. Sports. Just sports, live sports. Like we'll talk about live sports. We'll, talk, talk we'll probably some... talk a little bit about sports media, like any other sports movies. Sports movies, maybe. Sports documentaries, whatever. Yeah. You know? I mean, sports is just so ingrained. It's such a and big I part. Feel like, and I don't care about them. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's what's that's what's gonna. I think that'll make for some interesting discussion. Yeah, I mean, just because I, I mean, I'll just give you a really quick taste of next week. I watched the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, okay. because I grew up there. Okay. I grew up across the street from Candlestick Park. Yep. When I was well, I didn't grow up. I was a kid, but I went to a lot of Giants games as a kid. So you're gonna watch a Giants game for next week? <laughs> yeah, I'll watch a Giants game for next All week. Right, they're doing terrible right now, so <laughs> it'll be fun. Well, they're not doing that. They're doing bad, but not that. They're bad. doing bad. Um, well, uh, yeah, so we'll talk about sports. That's the only sport I care about. But I would love to talk about more sports. I did watch the World Cup, uh, and also oh, I did watch the the Stanley Cup. Okay. So we got some stuff to talk about. We do have some stuff to talk about, and I think one of the reasons that'll be interesting is because as you probably know sports dominates like a lot you know, of the media market and, yeah exactly yeah. um and we can talk about why yeah all so right i think it'll be fun yeah it'll be cool um so yeah this has been residual culture you can email us at residual culture podcast at gmail.com yep you can also find us on twitter instagram and facebook the facebook uh, community is most active if you want access to all sorts of exclusive content including bonus episodes and all that stuff you can support us on patreon uh this has been Residual Culture. I'm Ben Birkenbein. I'm Joey Lovato. Get into it.